This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. This morning, we'll look into why January is a time many people attempt to make diet and health changes and how they should go about it. Because the holidays can be a time of indulgence for people that we feel we have to start to do something differently in terms of our eating habits. That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Frazier. Governor Jim Justice will deliver his final State of the State address tonight. Randy Yowie has more. This will be the two-term governor's eighth State of the State address to a joint session of the West Virginia Legislature. Justice gave a general preview of his address during a media briefing last week. He said he would talk about some of his achievements, tax cuts, revenue surplus, economic development, and tourism growth. He also mentioned some of his more personal political accomplishments. We delivered a very conservative mindset, whether it be, you know, the protection of our guns or standing up for life. There are often surprises in a Justice State of the State address, like bringing in a high school cheerleading squad or holding up baby dog's hind end. The event begins at 7 p.m. Wednesday evening and will be broadcast live on West Virginia Public Broadcasting's television and radio stations. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie in Charleston. State transportation officials closed a bridge in the northern panhandle last month. As Curtis State reports, the funds are not there to fix it or replace it. State Transportation Secretary Jimmy Riston told lawmakers Tuesday that none of the nearly 7,000 bridges in West Virginia would be open if they were not safe. Last month, his department shut down the Market Street Bridge, which crosses the Ohio River from Brook County to Steubenville, Ohio. The closure of the bridge, built in 1905, angered local officials. But Riston estimated the bridge would cost tens of millions of dollars to fix, funds he doesn't have. If we were fortunate enough to get uh, an earmark, if one of our senators sent me uh, $60 million down here today and said, have at it, we'll start the process today. Federal funds have been made available under the 2021 infrastructure law to fix bridges. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Curtis Tate in Charleston. We've heard political campaign rhetoric for a while now. But as of Monday, West Virginia's official candidate filing period is now underway. Candidates for local, state, and federal offices can file for the May 14th primary election until midnight Saturday, January 27th. As Randy Yowie discovered, the decisions to run for political office comes with rules, responsibilities, and reflection. The introduction to the 2024 Running for Office Guide put out by the Secretary of State's office outlines what the decision to be a candidate involves. It discusses eligibility, residence requirements, and time commitments. But when you ask campaign veterans about making that decision to run, they answer with how strong that desire for public service beats in their minds and hearts. Former two-term delegate Lisa Zukoff, a Democrat from Ohio County, says she was inspired to follow in her mother's footsteps of political activism and giving back to the community. I was already involved in several organizations, um, specifically interested in children, um, education, and um, animal rescue, so uh, and childhood cancer awareness now, and saw ways that, that my knowledge from being involved in the community could serve me at in the um, state political level. 84-year-old Bob Bailey says he's in his final term as Huntington City Councilman. 
Bailey has held a variety of city and county offices over the past half century. He says his inspiration to run for Cabell County Sheriff as a young high school teacher came from wanting to expand a one-man battle against drug abuse. We had some a lot of marijuana problems, and I kept trying to fight it myself. And, of course, I wasn't getting anywhere. And a group of parents come to me and asked me to run for sheriff for Cowboy County in 1980. And I did, and uh, I got elected sheriff. And I stayed there for eight years. We fought the drug problem in Cowboy County. Uh, fought it real hard. In fact, uh, they gave me the nickname of the drug fighter. Two-term Governor Jim Justice is now running for his second office, U.S. Senator. Justice says others told him to take his business acumen, personality, and state passion and pursue politics. I would tell politicians everywhere is it, or people, if you're seeking or thinking about you know, running for public office, I would say first and foremost, search your heart. It's not going to be easy, and you're going to catch a lot of stones. But really and truly, if you believe as I believe that we're worth it, and I truly believe that with all my heart, then I would say do it and do it and don't ask anything for yourself. Sukov says it was tough at first to ask people for contributions and difficult to campaign in general. She says she learned to be herself on the campaign trail. Well, I was always honest with my answers. Um, even if it didn't, if they didn't agree with me, I would explain it. And oftentimes people would come around. Everyone will tell you what to do, people that are involved in politics. And you have to get your own rhythm and you have to feel comfortable with who you are. Bailey says he learned that campaign promises made need to be promises kept. The candidates don't do that. They tell you what they're going to do. And once they get elected, they do just the opposite. You can't do that. If you're in politics and, and you make a pledge, you got to fulfill that pledge. Justice said in campaigning and holding office, it's more important to listen than to talk. Get out and talk to the people. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed how much they know. And you'll be amazed a lot of times how in the dark we are in Charleston. Zukov says with women making up more than half of West Virginia's population, women need more than a token representation in state government. I think that our voices get left out of the equation when rules are coming down, um, you know, when laws are being made. And I think it's critical that government do more to involve ladies across the board. Bailey says if you have office holding in your head, you need to have public service in your heart. If you don't like the people to tell you what to do, then, then you're in the wrong business and you've got to pray hard. Justice says your constituency will appreciate and embrace you if you tell the truth. It's a great, 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 great you know, opportunity and profession, but it's gotten rotten in a lot of ways. Just some of the campaign tips that are not mentioned in the 2024 Running for Office Guide. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 751. A flood warning is in effect in Pocahontas and Randolph counties until 11 o'clock this morning and in Doddridge, Pleasance and Tyler County until 10 o'clock. High wind warning for areas in the Potomac Highlands through this afternoon. Breezy with rain and snow showers, highs in the 30s. Mostly cloudy skies tonight with lows in the 20s and 30s. 
Many people plan to start a diet as their New Year's resolution, but studies have shown that restrictive diets have high rates of failure. Reporter Chris Schultz spoke with registered dietitian and WVU extension specialist Gina Wood about more sustainable changes to have a larger impact on your health in the long term. Can you tell me a little bit about the appeal or the allure of uh, starting a diet with the new year? <laughs> you know, the new year is something that we think of as as you know starting over starting again um, refreshing rejuvenating and i think you know oftentimes um because the holidays are you know they can be a time of indulgence for people that we feel we have to start to do something differently in terms of our eating habits after that sort of period of celebration and indulgence. And that can lead to subscribing to, you know, diet culture um, as, a, as a way to start the new year. I think that that may have something to do with it. Yeah. So that term diet culture, what, uh, what do we mean when we use that term? You know, I think it can mean, you know, lots of different things. I'm not sure that it really has, you know, a, a real set definition. But, you know, I, I think about it as a, you know, a set of beliefs that is related to food and related to weight that we tend to ground in, you know, myths and unrealistic expectations. And I think, I think when we subscribe to diet culture, we tend to separate food into good and bad categories, which then causes us to assign those values to ourselves when we eat those foods. And I think that can be really harmful. So yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about the harm involved here because you talked about this this desire for rejuvenation, this this desire for maybe uh, a course correction after the indulgences of the holiday. All of that sounds good. So so what is the concern here in the new year from from a dietary standpoint? Dieting can have detrimental effects on us um, mentally, physically, socially. It tends to lead to extremes in behavior, like severely restricting calories or engaging in excessive amounts of exercise, um, you know, all for the purpose of losing weight rather than achieving a healthier self. It increases the risk of, of poor body image. It can contribute to um, disordered eating. Subscribing to that diet culture, engaging in those dieting behaviors, especially if it's repeated, can lead to um, weight cycling, which is the repeated loss and gain of weight over time. Um, and that can actually be harmful um, to our cardiovascular systems. You know, excessive dieting or weight cycling is, um, you know, can be really harmful. What are some general guidelines for people who are hoping to improve their health in the new year? I think when we think about improving health, you know, asking ourselves not how do I want to look or how much weight do I want to lose, but how do I actually want to feel? Those are the questions that that I think can lead to some um, you know, kind of recognition of changes that that people can make that that they can maintain and that are realistic for them. Focus on on how food makes you feel as opposed to, you know, how many calories does it have or how is it going to make me look in the long term? But, you know, if you're looking for some, you know, practical tips, 
my advice is to start with something that's actually achievable. So start with setting a goal that you know you can achieve because success breeds success. Um, you know, if you are a soda drinker and you recognize that you would like to maybe cut down on that, start with thinking about, you know, when and how and where do I drink soda and what are the instances that I might be able to switch that out with a glass of water or a glass of milk? Um, you know, something that's very doable, that's very realistic. You know, um, we set ourselves up for failure when we try to make those drastic changes that we can't maintain. So start with really small goals that are behavior based um, rather than, you know, assigning value to particular foods or trying to, to cut out, um, you know, entire food groups. Uh, so, so where can people find more information about actual, you know, scientifically based nutrition? So um, we have a couple of, of resources that I would recommend. So the, the old food pyramid is now called MyPlate, um, and that is a government resource. It's myplate.gov, um, and that gives us scientific information on um, the types of foods, um, the quantities of foods, the nutrients that we need to be healthy, and it, it is grounded in science and evidence. So I think, you know, that is one place that people can start. Look for your government resources, you know, try not to rely on other types of media. You're mentioning social media um, because there, there, are, there is so much misinformation out there. People get really caught up in, um, you know, relying on media, relying on sources of information that are not necessarily grounded in science and evidence um, to, to guide their eating behaviors. And, um, you know, seek out your, your registered dietitian. Those, those resources that are, that are grounded in science and evidence is what I would recommend. That was Gina Woods speaking with reporter Chris Schultz about New Year's dieting and healthy eating. You can find a longer version of their conversation on our website at wvpublic.org. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Brianna Heaney, Caroline McGregor, Chris Schultz, Curtis Tate, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Liz McCormick, and Randy Yoey. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning. Mm-hmm.